Ladies and gentlemen, polish your pendulum, energize your escape wheel, and oil up your cogs. Because it's time to talk tall to me. I'm Omen Said, and I am Nick McGill. Together we are feckless momes, and this is Talk Told to Me, your weekly trip down memory lane, the one-way lane that is Jethro Tull Boulevard. There is no way back. <laughs> it's a dead end. <laughs> There's no turning back. You will hit the wall. You might as well just listen to Jethro Tull's discography in the process. Yeah, that's right. Week by week, we take an individual song and devote an entire episode to that song. We take out our ocular enhancements and peer deeply into the inner workings, the cogs and wheels of each song, looking at the mechanics and the soul of that piece of music. Fact. Very true. And Nick, what are we uh, what are we listening to this week? Actually, before we get into it, I think <gasps> we need a little housekeeping going on. Oh, okay, here. tell me about it. First of all, I just want to call back to the third song off of Benefit. I came to this realization as I was editing it. Okay. And needed. I just. I need to clarify something. Yeah. This is this is maybe the first. This is maybe the first. Not not retraction, uh, correction? Uh, just clarification. Addendum. Addendum, yeah. Okay. Certainly not the first one that should have happened, but it's the first one <laughs> that we're actually doing. <laughs> so, Alive and Well and Living In. Mm-hmm. It's about a half an hour of us being like, well, I don't know. Living In. <laughs> Living In is a British term, a British-English term for Mm. basically cohabitation. I see. It's for for people who who are not affianced, for people who are not married. They are a couple and they're living together. Oh, is it it the, um, you know, in in the States we say living in sin. I mean. Is it that that same phrase just without that last word? Is is the sin implied? Is, Is it a silent sin? I thought you were being facetious? No, I'm totally not. But you're like, you not... know me, I'm never being facetious about anything. And you just came up with the term silent sin, and I need to use that everywhere. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> what a great term. Thank you. I guess you're right. I guess that would... Is... It's, it's likely that that's what living in refers to. Well, at any rate... It sounds like you've your realization about about the term brings some further clarity to the song. It does. It does. It it, it really kind of hammers home what we were thinking, and and I, I think it in in re-listening to it, it makes it feel it puts a more definitive headspace before I even go into the song now. Yeah. So uh, right. just go back and listen to that episode and that song again um that was yeah. only one two three four weeks ago it was a month ago so yeah yeah with any luck 
you skipped that episode and by chance have fallen upon this addendum now. In the future. If we could only turn back time, Nick, we would, uh, we would have addendumized that episode. But here we are. Here we are in the present. Yep, I don't. I just don't have the time for that because it would be a, that would be a permanent full time job adding addendums to every single one of these episodes. If only we had a time for everything. A time for everything. Hey Nick. Hey Omen. I'm not. I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to foreshorten your addendum. This is not an addendum. This is this is a question for you, actually. Oh my. Have you? been straying outside of our podcast relationship oh (laughs) um we never said that we were exclusive in the podcast world that's true we're an open podcast i also i also want to point out that i have not been hosting any other podcasts okay but it's true it's true um i was featured on another podcast recently, mm-hmm. uh, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that 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 you noticed. I did, and I listened to it today. Thank you very much. I haven't listened to it. How is it? <laughs> <laughs> it it is exactly what I would expect from Omen Said. The thing, just for clarify, for clarify, for clarification, the thing that that Nick is so saltily referring to <laughs> is um, oh, there's there's more salt prepared. Keep hydrating. <laughs> is uh. I was, I was, uh, my, my, my theater company was featured on a, on a podcast about, uh, the use of the voice in performance. It's the New York vocal coaching podcast. And your theater company is, oh my God. Bros. Can I not... Bros. Thank you. Bros. How, how am I answering that question? think of feckless moms it was my it my was, theater company is called bros do pros thank i'm you, pretty Nick. sure it was episode 15 and thanks for bringing it full scary circle how much you know about this thanks for bringing yeah. it full circle because there was a distinct lack of mentioning feckless moms okay it, you know it never came up it no came i up. mean when he asked how you guys like work together and finding the right people to work with you mean i thought for sure like you would say oh well God. well we can't, I can't have i'm being blindsided in- by this <laughs> on my own podcast i thought this was a safe space Nick. Uh, so did i omen so did I. <laughs> well yeah you're right i should have cross-pollinated and uh, and if i ever am invited to do a podcast again which after this shame, I think is pretty doubtful. Doubtful that I would accept. I will be sure to plug feckless moms. However, I will say that it sounds like, based on recent communication from our fandom, that we hardly need that plugging because we have been receiving some fan mail. Yeah, so we got an email with the sub- subject all in caps. So he's clearly screaming. It says, love it love it love it from a chap named jesse that's right he's a native of ithaca new york a fellow upstater fellow upstater and he's he says he grew up going to the sterling renaissance festival where you and i met we did meet there and became crazy people and and we just wanted to thank jesse for his wonderful email it really it really means a lot to us to hear back from all of our fan and 
and uh, and thank you for thank you for keeping us honest and 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 reminding us that this is you know that the, the music of Jethro Tull really has affected a lot of people just to just to read just to read one little quote genius period so funny period so smart period and now I know what I'm going to put on my gravestone. So thank you, Jesse. I thought it was going to be on your business card. No. <laughs> I that is, I mean, definitely not the 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 most fruitful of quotes. I I'm a fan of. It's the most succinct quote. I mean, it is. I'm a fan of. I love your show so much. It lights up my imagination and brings me back to the work. Your depth oh, of yeah. understanding, interpretations, insight, and intellect is superb. Oh, thank you, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, thank you, Jess. You just set me up to read that to you. That's going to be your I, ring, um, your ringtone for me now, isn't it? That's right. Well, so again, thank you, Jesse, so much. Absolutely, yeah. We really love to hear from our fans, and uh, and so keep those emails coming. It just gives us another reason to live. That's true, and I, I encourage emails. And I I really would I would genuinely love to know how you got into Tull. Yeah. Whether you're old enough to have bought their first album or you're you borrowed your your brother's benefit copy of benefit on on vinyl or you got dragged to a show or like us, like you picked up your dad's lime green cassette of War Child and listened to it ad nauseum. My goodness. You know, so because Tull is so niche, particularly for someone of our generation, of of the elder millennials and younger, like I just I, I want to know how you got into it. Yeah. Generally, it's going to be an older brother or a, a parent's vinyl collection or something. But I would still love to hear it. I would love to hear those stories, and I would also love to hear how you found Talk Tall to me too. Do you mind if I tell you my first contact with Tall? I don't think I've ever told you. If you were introduced to Talk Tall to me on your parents' vinyl, I would love to know no. that story. <laughs> no, my, my the first time I ever heard anything by Jethro Tall, it was because a friend of mine that I went to high school with gave me, I think it was a, I think she made me a mixed CD. Oh yeah, that's right. Back in those days. And, and um, put aqualung on it because i played the flute at Mm -hmm. the time and she was and she was like i think you would like to hear this Mm -hmm. and boy did i ever and that of all the songs on that mix that spurred you to to look for to like to look into tall essentially it sure did yeah i went out and bought an album i mean there were other songs on there that i didn't go you know and pursue Mm -hmm. uh, even though i appreciated them but there was something so unique and so arresting about the sound that I just, um, it just compelled me. The power of Tull compelled me. It's my favorite part of The Exorcist. That's interesting because I think certainly for people our age, especially someone in your position where you hadn't really been raised on classic rock, to be introduced to Aqualung, that Mm. could have completely gone the opposite way, uh, flute or not. Yep. Wait. What do you mean? I mean, I mean, you could have. You mean it could have. Been, it could have turned. It could have turned me off. Absolutely, yeah. you could have been turned off. You could have been like, "Oh, rock flute. Okay, great." But still, no. I think it was something. I think it was precisely because it was rock flute. I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute. Maybe all this rock and roll that I've heard so much about isn't just nonsense." <laughs> Nick, I don't. I don't mean to get us off of this 
tremendously fascinating conversation, but should we perhaps talk about the song at hand? I mean, I guess we should, but I'm also curious, who was that Katie? I wonder how she knew Aqualung. Well, because she was a um, cultured person and had a, a general awareness of music. I don't know what to say to that. I think now is a t- as good a time as any for a time for everything. And you know, I didn't, I never realized there was a question mark until you pointed out, pointed it out at the end of the last episode. And now I can't not hear it. Mm, a time. So Nick, shall we have a listen to the f- Shall we have a listen to A Time for Everything? Yes. Let's have a listen. Let's have a listen. Wow. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You, it, what, yeah, that's a uh, Nick. Yeah, Omen. It's one of our. It's one of the shorter songs on Benefit. It's one of the more succinct songs on Benefit. It's that always surprises me with this song. I know. It's, seeing it seems seeing so long. how short those. It's like it's three stanzas tops. Is the lyrics yeah. this mm-hmm. song? It's not even three minutes. It's like two forty four, and it always in my mind this song feels like it should be longer. And yeah, is that ironic because of the content of the song? And right, I know it's it's sort of interesting. I, I mean, I was going to say this as a as a joke, but like sort of seriously, I do you think that there is an effect of the stretching of time? in this song that like what musically about it makes it makes it seem longer than it is. And usually when you say that something seems longer than it is in terms of entertainment, let's be specific. Um, you, you know, that's usually a, that's usually a negative thing. It's like, Oh yeah, the play was, you know, two hours long, but it felt like four. That's yeah, like usually yeah. not a nice thing to say. Right. But in this case, it's like, how did they create so much space? within such a short amount of time. This song feels so long, but it's not long enough. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's it's peculiar because there is a lot of repetition, which you would think maybe you just lose track of it because the the musically it's repetitive, but you would think that would, with less variation, it would feel quicker, you know? Yeah. Let's talk let's break it down musically. So we have this incredible we have this incredible bass riff that mm-hmm. carries this that carries the song through. And I think that, you know, there are some points when the flute and the guitar kind of go off into these fantasies and the bass line is really keeping keeping the keeping it grounded in a yeah. way and I think that 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 slight tension between the act, the steady beat and that steady repeated riff and the flute and the guitar kind of going off on these extreme journeys. Is for me what 
what creates a little bit of that feeling of um of expansiveness yes it's it feels less structured i guess it feels like they're just kind of riffing and they're just using glenn's bass as a backbone right and it's it's really maybe this kind of ties back into some of their their blues jazzy roots of knowing okay this song is going to be in this key it's going to be this time signature it's going to have this sound to it let's just do it it's funny though because because my feeling listening to the song is that even though on the face of it it gives you this feeling of of being a little bit unstructured it's actually it's it's actually very a, a very mature composition mm-hmm. the flute and the guitar are going in unison mm-hmm. for a lot of the time there are some very precise changes from you know what you might call the 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 chorus to the back to the verse even mm-hmm. though there's you know for a little bit and and it really feels like everyone is playing with a with a, a very keen sense of each other in a way that that isn't necessarily the case on the rest on all of the rest of this album. There's something that that feels very well composed about this to me, and and is maybe that's chance, maybe that's partially chance, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just they, maybe it's just well constructed. I don't know. Yeah, I I think. I think that's a good note. Well constructed f- feels like a really good adjective to apply to this because there there's obviously some level of thought process behind the meandering even though it it's meant to feel light and airy. Even though it's not, it's actually it's actually not really. It's kind of a heavier tone, but it has moments. It has moments where the flute. My favorite is that little riff where the flute goes, um, like flute do 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I was actually um, I heard an interview with Martin Barr who who would say, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of things. He was asked about uh, guitar solos and Mm. he said, sure, in the studio, when you're trying to figure it out, it may be the first time that you play it, but you're going to play it for the next 50 years exactly the same way. Right. Because people know what that guitar improvisation, great big air quotes, sounds like. Yeah. You know, and and that's so interesting. That's that's what this is that's exactly what right. this is and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel an improvisation with so much reckless abandon that some others have yeah but it's still it's not on the surface it's not super like this is how the song goes this is how we play this song it's got a really good balance of of the feeling of improvisation and the feeling of of composition and, and you know, I do think that for me, some some songs within the Jethro Tull canon, especially the early stuff, can feel a bit too improvised and out of control. And sometimes yeah. in the later stuff, it can feel a little bit too composed. And this is just like I feel like this is a really beautiful balance of those two things. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it has to do with that they know how these 
instruments are going to interact and work with one another. It's another really good instance of Ian's, either Ian's voice or Ian's flute, working in concert and almost communicating with that guitar. Not yeah, playing at the same yeah. time, but they're, they're, they're going back and forth. Except when the flute and the, and the guitar are in unison. Not, all, not the whole time, are they? No, 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 no. Yeah. But, but just for that, that one riff. Yeah, but I, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and it, and it, it feels, it feels like they're, they're really, they're really finally gelling. Not that yeah. they haven't, but this is, no, this, this is, is a, a new nice, level. yeah, this, this works so well. And I think, I think another aspect of what, what makes it feel like a longer song is it's not super crazy fast. Like it's just, it's steady and it moves mm-hmm. and there's, there's no level of, I think we've, we, I, at least I've applied this to a handful of the songs up until this point, that, that level of manicness isn't yeah. there on this song. No, it's got a sense of reverie without without feeling out of control. It's really it's really cool. I, I want to point out there's one cool thing that I think we could speculate about, which is at about at about one minute twenty seconds, there is a um a distortion on the guitar which mm-hmm. which sounds almost like feedback. Yep. I have that in my notes. And I wonder I wonder if it was intentional or I wonder if it was a thing that happened in the studio and they listened to it and they were like, that sounds cool, let's keep it. Yeah. And I I really think it could be either one. I was listening to this song in preparation and my lovely wife who will will be polite and say just does not like Jethro Tull. <laughs> She heard she heard that and she of course I've been listening to this for the last 16 years so I know when that comes up she looked around the room and was like a dog hearing a, a high pitched noise she needed to find the source of that awful awful cacophony and put an end to it and she asked me she's like hmm. what is that and I had she to thought there was something wrong with the with the speaker yeah yeah I had to no? explain nope part of the song there was something wrong with nothing with nothing. brilliant <laughs> shall we shall we train so you kind of talked about the music mm-hmm. should we transition and talked about the um the mind melting opaque zen koan uh style lyrics that we have here yeah that the sort of dr strange fabric of time and space confronting poetry that ian anderson has has written well i i the perfect segue that held distortion note. Yeah. I think if that weren't in there, this song musically would be perfect. Ooh. And putting that in there shows a, even though it's a structured and clearly a planned for act, it is, it is degradation. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. But it's also it's also a bit of humanity, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's that is the the content of the song itself. Yeah. There's some um there's some art uh, traditions of, of art which say that you should you, you shouldn't ever make a perfect piece because if you do your soul will become trapped. Oh. 
And so there are some artists of, you know, high, high level skill who will always introduce on purpose one flaw, one mistake, quote unquote, into their work. But yeah, it, isn't that subjective, though? Whatever they see as a mistake, you know? Well, I think it's like, you know, there's the, there's the, I think that certain art forms can, can have a, you know, follow certain rules to, to sure. a point of perfection. Sure. To so, a point of acknowledged perfection by the, you know, the, the, that culture or that tradition. That was Martin Barr being like, oh crap, this song is too good. Let me just, <laughs> let me just hold Maybe. this note real quick. Or it's, or it's a beautiful, happy accident, which is, you know, which is another, another part of art. That's true. And we'll never know. We'll never know. Because both Ian Anderson and Martin Barr lost their souls centuries ago. Long, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the lyrics. Once it seemed there would always be a time for everything. Ages past, I knew at last, my life had never been. Beware the Jabberwock, my son. <laughs> Snickersnack <laughs> went went Ian's flute. <laughs> His borble flute. <laughs> wow. I mean, okay. Jeez. This is this is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff where it's like, no wonder everyone in the seventies was doing drugs. Listen to what they were listening to. Yeah. Even though Tall very much was not. The soberest rock and rollers ever. Mm-hmm. I. I just want to point out that the content of this, you know, is, is talking about 50 years and I'm filled with tears and joys. I never cried. Um, this is still being written by someone in their early 20s. Yeah. So it's just funny to me. It's like this is this is more evidence that Ian Anderson has always had the soul of an old man. That's in that a grumpy, is, a grumpy old man. <laughs> that's legit in my notes. Even though Ian is in his early twenties, his super old man soul is showing. It is. It really is. And I, I, I I'm not sure it's. Well, he, ha- it has to. Ian Anderson has to exist because to balance out Prince. You know what I mean? Like Prince. There it is. Who, who knows Bowie, how old yeah. he ever was? Right. And, and Bowie, but you know they were always they were always agelessly young. Yeah. No matter how old they got. Ian Anderson. So the universe had to balance it out by by providing us with Ian Anderson, who has always been as old as time itself, even when he was in his early twenties and had lots of hair. That's that is. I mean, we could stop the podcast now. I think we, I think we solved, probably should. We solved it. We can't yeah. get any better than that. I have a specific lyrics question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, a lot of this is. I mean, we haven't really even talked about what this song is about, but, but you know, a, a lot of it, I sort of like have a bit of a handle on. I think that mm-hmm. it's about, it's about like the perception of time, right? You know, and, and, and how time can pass quite, quite quickly without you realizing it and how too much thinking about it can, can result in inaction, which itself is the loss of time. Mm-hmm. Are we on sort of the same page with I, that? I also think, I don't, yes, but I don't think it's as philosophically instable as that i think it okay. I, I think honestly i think some of it's just like it this the narrator is a man who who did nothing with his life and finally re- mm. and realizes it i think i think it could be that simple the thing that makes me say that it's like a zen koan is that it 
it seems it seems contradictory. It seems like one. It seems like one of those um, Escher paintings where the building has all of its walls crossed in uh-huh. an impossible way. Yeah, because the lyrics are "There's no time for everything, no time for everything," and yet it seems like the message is "Don't get caught up." in thinking about whether or not you have time for things, go and do the things. Otherwise your whole life will pass you by and you will have done nothing. So it's like, there's no time for everything. So go and do the thing that you, <laughs> that you want to do. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't get hung up about the fact that you can't get everything done. Do, do your passion now. There is now. Do, do your thing now. There is now. Don't, don't be like me. 50 years after the fact, looking back and seeing that I, I, I haven't done anything. I haven't. It's the regret of inaction. I'd been missing what time could bring. I never, I'm filled with tears and joys. I've never cried. It is, it is, it is a flat line of chronology. Yeah. Yeah. It's missing out, missing out on what could have been. Yeah, regardless of whatever that was. The specific line that I'm a little bit confused by is burn the wagon and chain the mule, the past is all denied. Burn the wagon and chain the mule, the past is all denied. What are we talking about here? Is, is, I don't know if this is too too simple but maybe it's an Occam's razor thing where it's obviously the right choice where is that Occam's razor where it's the, um, the right yeah the the, the simplest sim- answer the, is the right one probably the right answer yeah. yeah where like it's it's an example I worked I worked my whole life as a farmer because I was supposed to work mm-hmm. and now now i'm regretting that past so so my my negative reaction is to burn the wagon and chain the mule interesting you know i mean that's that is the only thing that i can put on that and i don't think this is a case of living in where it's just a britishism burn the wagon and chain i mean maybe it is i don't know <laughs> i burned the wagon down at the pub oh chain the mule <laughs> Chain me mule, it's cold out here. <laughs> I I think it's a I have a bit more of a philosophical Burn the wagon, it's cold down here makes way more sense. <laughs> oh, my old mule in chain. <laughs> philosophical. I, Sorry, go. Yeah, philosophical. So I so for me, like the mule represents work. Mm-hmm. So like to chain the mule is to is to deny to 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 make impossible all the work that one could have done with the mule and Mm. you know the the wagon is like no a wagon is used to transport goods and so to burn a wagon is to like to like well burning the wagon if if you're looking at it that way burning the wagon is the equivalent of chaining the mule well it's like it's like the the wagon is what you have produced and the what and the mule is the the producing force Okay. So it's like, it's like life denying, right? It's yeah. like, I think that's what, what it all comes down to. Yeah. It's like, they're both, they're both symbols of productivity related. Yeah. 
to, I I like the I like the chain the mule thing. I think burn the wagon could also be applied to like get rid of all of your your earthly your 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 earthly possessions. The, all right. everything that you've worked for, burn it. Because why? Right. What did you work for? Right. Fifty years after, and you look back, and you've married a hedgehog of a woman and had three oh. un ungrateful oh kids and it's very specific nick <laughs> mm-hmm. I, despite her her loathing of jethro tull i am a very ha- happily married man oh yes yes <laughs> well and some people would like to marry a hedgehog fair enough whatever your kink is i'm, I'm as long as it is a consenting hedgehog i am consenting hedgehog yep. that was the name of my um my third prog rock album. Oh my! <laughs> wow. So this um I, this this is clearly a short and provocative song. Yeah. Short and provocative, much like you. Me. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, do we have anything else to say uh, about this? Nothing specific. Just this is. I think this is one of my favorites off this album. Yeah. It's. It's not a. It's not a. a it's not a wower. You know, it's it's not a quick punch in the face of like really super strong music, but no, but it sticks with you. It sticks with you, and it's a lot like for Michael Collins, Jeffrey, and me, where if you sit and really absorb this song, uh, both musically and lyrically, like it 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 really hits you. It really goes home. It's a strong. It's a strong brew. Yeah, it's a it's a potent. It's like a barley wine. It's a a potent poultice. (laughs) Join us on our other podcast, Pontificate Potent Poultices. To me... Poultices. Poultices? Nick, I have a question for you. Yes, Omen, go. If this song was a tattoo, what tattoo would it be? And what part of the body would it be on? Oh my goodness. I know. Okay, I I wanted to go joke immediately, but I I like this question too much. Um, it would be. It oh gosh. It would be something, in, in some language. That the person who, the person getting the tattoo knows, but most people don't. Mm. And it would be some like really dark, almost want to say cynical, but just like kind of a a dark view on the world. It's like a three word quote or a four word quote. Mm. And. And it would be. So it's a text. It's a it's a it's a it's a text. It's actual text. Yeah. A simple font. No serifs, obviously. Obviously (laughs) No serifs. Jesus. And honestly, I think it would be like right on the inside of the wrist because wow. it's it would be provocative enough for people to see it and be like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. But it's also most people wouldn't ask. You are, you are describing the tattoo that I have seen on every barista in New York City in the last month. Yeah, but usually that is like uh, find life before it finds you or – Reach no. for the stars. <laughs> no, it's all no. It's all some sort of cryptic, 
cryptic, like other languagey sort of like deeply meaningful to that person. And no one else knows what it's about because I'm cool that way. And I have a deep soul. Okay. So you're, you're saying my answer was too. I'm not saying your answer is too anything. Is that what you're saying? saying I'm saying your answer is, is right on brand for our generation. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. You are the king of the millennials. Oh God, please. I abdicate that throne before my <laughs> butt even touches the velvet cushion. Thank you for this crown. I will now sell it to pay <laughs> off my mortgage. Gold rates have got to be garbage Ooh. right now. Okay, so I think wow. that was a very tasty episode. Yeah. We are on to song number eight. Oh my goodness. Next week. What? What is it? It is so, uh, number three off of side B, and it is Inside. Ooh. Yeah. Well, even though there's not a time for everything, there is time to go on to your podcatcher of choice, rate, review us, send us those emails, keep them coming. Send us a picture of what you're doing while listening to this podcast. Yeah, I hear that on other podcasts. That's Do where that I got it us. from. <laughs> other Thanks, other podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah, great. Awesome. I can't wait to hear from more, more fans. This is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, until next week, I'm Nick McGill. I'm Omen Say. And this is Talk Told. No, we are Feckless Momes. Let's start again. I'm Nick McGill. <laughs> and I'm Omen Said. This is... Is Talk Tell to Me. And we are Feckless Momes. <laughs> Talk Tell to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. Oi, who chained this mule? Burn my wagon!